Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. The following is a sponsored program on WBT. Good morning and welcome to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services along with Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your host, Crent, Crent, Trent, Sunday, I 9 like to Crent 10. Crent. with a hard K. Crent. Tight Crent. <laughs> Never heard anybody named Crent. Hey, man, you might be onto something. I can see some of those river guys calling you that. Crent. Like it's almost like they're trying to say a T, but it comes out a little different. <laughs> In the late in the afternoon. Uh, it drags on a little bit. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. Came in a little hot today. Sorry about that. I know. You got your, got your tug in your boat. Yep. Your little boat going to go to the Catawba. Little boat in the Catawba. I'll right tell across you, from my house. I could probably launch eggs at it. When you have when you have a little boat in the waterway, you really feel like you got a little boat. <laughs> These guys are yeah. There's some big boats they got down. Some in big the, ones down the there. Big one. There's some big boats in the Catawba, man. Yeah. No, you're right. It's crazy. The boating season is alive. It is. It's pretty. I mean, very vibrant. I've got the backwards hat sunburn. Tan oh wow. Line. Okay. It's, it's that kind of thing. So uh, looks it, like he looks like he <laughs> put a bandaid on your head. <laughs> yeah. Went running around the neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't put it past me. I wouldn't either. I wasn't doing it. So, so how's uh, how's first part of June treating you, big dog? So far, so good. I think the heat is here. Um, you know, if you if you might think that you possibly could have some HVAC issues coming <laughs> up, uh, I would address those uh, as soon as possible before everybody gets so busy they're not going to be able to help. Um, but it's definitely getting here. So, as your system, we you know like to talk about that as your system starts to get a little more taxed. Um, if you haven't done a tune-up, call. You know, give us a call or give somebody a call. Go ahead and get that Joker tuned up because you know these ninety, upper ninety, maybe triple-digit temperatures are coming. Are they? They're coming. Oh Lord! I remember, man, back when I was a kid, June second half of June was like every day was ninety-eight and above. It's crazy. It doesn't seem like it's gotten that hot. I don't know. Maybe it's just my perception, but it, I don't know, man. I just remember. When you look across the horizon and you can see the heat, yeah, that's hurt. That's painful. <laughs> like, whoa, am I gonna, is going to electrocute me? Is no. Heat? Oh man, I you're right. I, I uh, you know grew up in Georgia, outside of Atlanta, and this time of year, well, a little bit. We'll talk about more like end of July, beginning of August is when football spring practices started kick, kicking back up, and they would carry around this this thing, and it basically it measured the humidity and the temperature. If that joker hit a certain point, you got to practice inside. And so, I mean, we were falling around the guy carrying that thing, like, hey, man, what's that thing say? Is it there yet? It's got to be getting he close. He always tries to bring in his glory days yeah, of football, right. doesn't yeah. he? High school football star. Riding the pine, baby. And then he went to Clemson and <laughs> didn't walk on. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think those boys are probably a little bigger and faster and stronger than uh, than anything I had ever seen. You're chasing around a humidity-temperature <laughs> yeah. co- combiner. What's going yeah. on? Yeah. Mm. 
So, 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 so you fished some at the beach? Did, did. you catch anything? Ah, uh, we caught. We only caught. We caught one bluefish, and that's it. Which it wasn't very big. How big is a bluefish? It's about two pounds. Two, two pounds. pounds. He was a little guy. I caught a brim. That's about on the, a, on the river. I think the bluefish is like the brim of the ocean. Uh, they're not very hard to catch. We went out on the on the river over the weekend and uh and and went down and up 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 where the Whitewater Center is and and drove up and on the sand and hung out. You've hung out oh, there yeah. before. A bunch of boats are. I mean, it's a busy area. And there's this guy took his wife and kid up and he casted a couple rods, caught a daggone fish. I was like, man, In the- I didn't think you'd catch fish around all these people. No, I catch a you catch a, uh, a paddle border. You could definitely do that on on the Catawba. We got the hippies running up and down the Catawba. It's good to see. It is some activity down there. It's, it's, it's good. Not, is the water warming up yet, or is it still still pretty pretty refreshing and cold? It's pretty chilly. That's good. Now, by, after those hundred day degree <laughs> degree days in June, yeah. you get to about August. That thing is hot. <laughs> it's, it's not, not that warm. relaxing. It's hot. You're and right. I, th- I think that's when uh, the leeches come alive too. Ooh, mm. a Catawba leech. You ever had one of those? I, I don't know if I had. I had never had a Catawba leech uh, ever in my life until last year. I had some friends over, and we stood in the water and sipped a couple drinks for probably about three hours, and one of the guys <laughs> got out and said, I got leeches all over my feet. And I was like, no way. This is the Catawba. And sure enough, we all did. I mean, they were, you know, non-threatening. How many How many is all over? Like, they were, they were really small, like a couple hundred. Really? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Su- suction cup to my white foot. How does, uh, in there like some places where they put leeches on you in like yeah, a spa? Yeah, they're healthy. Yeah, they're good for you, yeah. right? Got all the bad blood I was out. telling the story, so we were talking about it yesterday, it's about the leeches, and we went to Mexico on this planning trip, and, and this is about four or five years ago when 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 the juice craze had taken taken hold of my my brain in Charlotte. I go to Clean Juice a lot and overspend to feel healthy. Uh, and and I was walking down the road in this town, and they had this guy making juice, and you get this like thirty two ounce fresh made juice for four dollars. I'm like, whoa, that's like twenty dollars in America. You put it in a coconut, and uh, no, it was in a cup. And and I got him to make me one when he was rinsing the fruit off with the spigot on. On the side of the building on the street, I was a little concerned because uh, <laughs> then he stuck it in the blender. Uh, I bought me a juice. Every all our friends that walked by that were on the committee with us were like, "You are absolutely crazy!" And then I went and st- drinking my juice. We went and put our feet in where these fish suck on your feet. It's supposed to be healthy, kind of like leeches, you know. Whoa. And they all saw me drinking my drink, doing that. And then about ten o'clock that night, my life fell apart, and. Uh, I slept. I, I I never wanted to have my face on a piece of ceramic for the next ten hours ever in my life. Oh my gosh, it, it was bad. Gotcha. Montezuma's revenge. Oh, he put the. I'm water blaming up. it on the fish. There you Those go. Those daggone feet suckers. What's going on? <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> well, tee up our guest here. Our guest today is Jared Cheney. He hails out of Georgia. I don't want to get it wrong where he lives. He's a bridge builder. Ron Haston, my father, I told Jared this when I met him, always wanted to build a bridge, never got to build a bridge. So we have Jared Cheney on when we return talking about bridges. You're listening to At Home with Roby. 
Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services along with Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. If you missed the first segment, go back. We talked about all kinds of fun stuff. They even discussed leeches. I think that's the first time leeches have ever made an appearance on At Home with Roby. It isn't the first time you've plugged our heating and cooling division. I like to plug our heating and cooling division. <laughs> it's a good heating and cooling division. It is good. I agree. <laughs> I had no problem with it. I was just reiterating that to our listeners. That's audience. Roby Heating and Cooling. R-O-B-Y. Roby. Yeah. yeah. Sure. <laughs> our guest today is Jared, Jared Chaney. Chaney. Yeah. Hey, Jared. How you doing, buddy? Hey, guys. How are you? Doing good. How do you say Masana? Masana. Yeah, Masana. Yeah, Masana Construction. Yes, sir. There we go. I got it right. We like contractors, Jared. Yeah. It's a, kind of you know, cut from the same cloth. Hey, good bunch of good guys, I'll tell you. <laughs> yes, sir. So I was I, I I I said this on the first segment. Uh, I think I told you when I realized what you did immediately that my dad always wanted to build a bridge. Uh huh. So yeah. so this is this is cool. I, I I'm ready to talk about the 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 civil and bridge construction industry. Uh, it's, oh. it's, a, it's a fun industry. It's, uh, you know, good, good times for us bridge builders right now is, uh, there's a, uh, there's a lot of work out there that needs to, needs to take place. Sure. So it's, uh, it's good stuff. And this big, it, you know, the, the buzz is the infrastructure plan, right? You know, put people back to work building infrastructure. Uh, so it seems like it might be a bull market for your industry. Well, let's hope. You know, hopefully they can get something done and uh, come to some sort of agreement that's, uh, you know, good good for everybody. So uh, we're we're hoping. We're you know we're watching everything and you know uh, in touch with all our lawmakers and everybody, just trying to make sure everybody can get on the same page and get something done. So. So, so Jared, you grew up. Uh, I don't think you were born, but you grew up in Asheville, North Carolina. Then you went to. NC State, uh, and then and then and now you reside in Georgia. Why don't you give us a little a little history of your early childhood here? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually I was born and raised in Wyoming. Um, lived there till I was uh, fifteen years old. What, what part of Wyoming? Um, you know, uh, it, it was a town called Rock Springs, Wyoming, um, in the southwest uh, part of the state. Uh, my grandparents uh, had a, a small little uh, ranch outside of Jackson Hole, so I, I consider that home. Wait, I wait, loved wait. it there. I'd go spend the summers with my grandpa and um, help him out on the ranch, and you know, go up there in the wintertime and do all the outdoor, you know, skiing yeah. and snowmobiling activities and all that good stuff. So it was a uh, it was a good place to grow up. It was a good place to grow up. And then you you said you moved to Asheville about what uh, freshman year, high school kind of thing. Y- yep. Freshman year of high school, moved to Asheville. I actually did a quick stint in uh, the Charlotte area. Um, moved there my freshman year. First semester I did at Sun Valley High there in, I don't yeah. even know what is it. Indian uh, Trail area, Matthew Monroe. Something. Yeah, yeah, Indian Trail, yep, that's right. So was there for first semester, and then uh, we moved to Asheville, and that's where I finished out high school. Had to get back to those mountains, huh? That's right, that's right, yeah, so... Asheville is a good spot. I, you know, it's near and dear to my heart. I, I, I love it. We just had a great high school experience there, and played played baseball all through high school, and uh, yeah, just 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 enjoyed it a lot. And then you went to obviously after high school went to NC. Did you play baseball at NC State? 
Yeah, so I realized real quick, you know, I, I had some offers to some small schools, um, and I realized, you know, I wanted to get, I wanted to be an engineer, uh, you know, kind of wanted to always kind of wanted to build bridges, and um, I, I realized real quick that I wasn't good enough to uh, be an ACC baseball player and be an engineer and pay through for school the whole time. So I played club baseball is what I did there. That's so. still, that's cool. Now, we were on the first segment. Uh, Trent asked me, or was choking me about trying to walk on to play football at Clemson, and that I that would never even have come close to happening. Uh, it's amazing <laughs> when you the difference of the athleticism between you know somebody in high school that. It might you know play on a certain sport. Then you see these kids in college, yeah. and then obviously I can't imagine oh, yeah. what the difference between college and pros are. It's just uh, phenomenal. It's such a huge, such a huge difference. I mean, you know, you got to be totally dedicated to it. And you you got to have the you know God given ability you know to start off with. And I you know I was a decent high school baseball player. You know, say above decent, pretty fairly good. But that's cool. You know, just realize real quick. You know, when you're Five ten, and you're one seventy, and you're not a power hitter. And you play outfield, you're probably not going to have a, a very long career in baseball. So you probably better do something. Do something else. Well, hold on. Club baseball. Uh, I went to Carolina, and I knew uh, some guys I played high school baseball with played club baseball. It was yeah. very competitive. About to say, I don't think it's oh, yeah. no slouch. Yeah. It was the top tier of high school baseball players that played club baseball. Just not the. Oh one. yeah, it was yeah. for sure. I mean, we we were good. I mean, we, my I think it was my sophomore year we went to the uh the world series uh it was like i can't even remember what league it was called and and any i don't think it was any i don't even remember what it was but yeah we went to the world series um one of my years and uh yeah we were pretty good it was you know it was a lot of fun it was competitive it was you know what was good about it was it was just kind of a weekend deal so um you know you could do do school during the week and do all that stuff and then you know play on the weekend so it was it was fun it was a lot of fun no, that's, that's that's perfect. And so then that segue, you, you obviously said, "Hey, uh, bridge building is going to be for me, not uh, not baseball." And uh, and so, did you start your career right out of right out of NC State? Um, uh, where how did that work? Where did you go right after school? Yeah, no, I did. So actually, I think it was after my my fresh my freshman year, I really started a co op program uh, where I go to school semester, work a semester type deal. And I did that after starting after my freshman year. So when I was in college, I, I worked for uh, a big national company and um, started in the summers and I, and I travel. I did, I think my first summer after my freshman year, I was in Orlando, uh, Florida for the summer working there. And then I, I went back to school, um, worked, a, went to a full school year. And then I was in Chicago um, working on a big project up there, um, uh, basically, from basically did about three semesters up there, from January January through September uh, of that year, um, and yeah, just kind of went did that all through college, and then um, yeah, I, uh, my, my senior year I stopped the co op program and realized I wanted to have a little bit of fun before I got into the workforce of full time. So I didn't have any experience waiting tables or doing anything like that, and I didn't want to just go wait tables. I wanted to be a bartender, so I went to uh, Raleigh Bartending School, did a 40-hour no class there, and got my certified mixology degree, and uh, bartended for the last you know year and a half of college. That, that's pretty. Most of us got that um, you know got that certified mixology through the school hard knocks, uh, not not like the actual <laughs> document. That's a uh, that's pretty cool. I bet you that that does probably come in handy, um, especially oh, yeah. nowadays when oh, you want to yeah. whip something up a little yeah. bit different. It does. Well, you know, I had zero experience, and they're like, "Well, you got to wait tables for you know 
six months or a year and you can work your way up to a bartender. And I said, I'm one of those guys, I, I don't really like, you know, wasting time doing that stuff. So I, I wanted to go straight to it. So I found the best way to get there the fastest. So <laughs> it worked out for me. Good business lesson there. So how did you wind up in Georgia in the construction business? Yeah. So when I, um, when I graduated college, um, I, I got an opportunity to come on with a, with a startup. I met a gentleman named uh, Mark Massman um, during my senior year of college, and he had just started this, this company called Masana, and it's, it's Mark Massman and Anna Cavlick, so Mass Anna. She says mm. Mass Anna, she always said Masana, so I, I deal with Masana. And um, got an opportunity to come on with him, and I was the second person hired Wow. Um, I had a buddy of mine that I wor- uh, worked and lived with in Chicago that started with him about four months prior. And as soon as I graduated college, I just I, I came on board and, and got an opportunity to, to start with him. So, Wow, that's great. So, I mean, fast forward, I mean, you're, you're still with the same firm, right? I mean, and I'm sure you have you're not, you have more than two employees now with, <laughs> with three offices. Yeah, there's yeah, there's a lot more than not more than two employees. So, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I was kind of there from the I say the ground up. I mean, the company was formed in 2001. I came on in 2000, uh, January of 05. So he was, you know, kind of bebopping around for the first few years and just getting it up, up and off the ground going. So, cool. you know, I was, like I said, I was the second person hired and, um, we just built the company up from there. And, um, you know, he, it was always Mark's goal to be, uh, a, an employee owned company. So, you know, that's kind of how he was able to recruit young guys like myself that, you know, had offers from bigger companies and, and stuff like that. And I always knew that I wanted to, you know, be a business owner. And uh, so, I, you know, I went through the – started from the ground up with him and was out in the field and just learning the business and, you know, learning how to build bridges and do all that. And then I got an opportunity and about three years after I started. Um, we bought out um, his, uh, his – the, the co-founder – and uh, became a shareholder at that point and, um, you know, went on the next few years and, uh, ha- you know, had an opportunity uh, later on to, to, to buy out. Uh, he, he unfortunately passed away mm. um, in 2018 unexpectedly, so we uh, ended up buying out um, his family from the company. So that's kind of where I'm at today. Well, we're we're gonna go pay some bills. I think this is a good tee up. I would like to talk about uh, shed any light on and an employee owned company and and sure. how that works, and then and then mm-hmm. your navigation of your growth and, and then where you're at today. Will you stick around with us for a second, Jared? Oh yeah, absolutely. Look look forward to it. Hey, we're having fun. We have Jared Cheney, our guest, hailing from Georgia. When we return, you're listening to At Home with Roby. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Hayson from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. Have Jared Cheney in today from Masana or Mass Anna Construction. Depends yeah. on who you're asking, right, Trent? Yeah. Um, Jared uh, grew up in Wyoming, uh, spent about a semester in Monroe, Indian Trail, <laughs> bounced over to Asheville, up to Raleigh as a wolf pack, get his puppies out. Break his fingers, and then now right. he's now he's headed southbound, and he's hailing out of Georgia. Uh, you said Lake Oconee, right? Yeah. So um, I, I lived in uh, Atlanta for uh, the last sixteen years. I still own a property there, but uh, I'm like you know everybody else. When COVID hit last March, uh, you know we had decisions to make. I have a young a young three year old, and his school shut down. Um, 
in Atlanta or in Atlanta. So we decided, hey, let's you know go out to Lake Okona. We've owned a property out here for about nine years, and let's go out there and you know enjoy the uh, the outdoors and do that. And so here we are, uh, you know, a little over a year later, and we decided, hey, we're we're not going back to Atlanta, so we're going to be here full time living. Congratulations. I mean, what is that, about an hour and 15, hour and a half drive from yeah, Lake Lacuna yeah, to Atlanta? Yeah, it's right at, you know, door to door. My house, is, my other house is an hour and 10 minutes. So, um, you know, I so I get back to Atlanta two, three days a week and, you know, do, do my business there and, uh, you know, li- live out here the rest of the time. So now you're <clears throat> now your firm has several offices. Atlanta is not the only office, correct? That's correct. Yeah, we got an office in, um, in in Georgia. We're all over the place. We got field offices all over. But got another office in Savannah. Got an office in Dallas, Texas, and then an office in Seattle, Washington. Now, were those offices? Did you all start all those organically, or did you have an acquisition? How tell us a little bit about your growth? No, we we started them organically. We um, you know back in two thousand you know two thousand seven two thousand eight when you know when the crash was happening we we were trying to be proactive and to get into uh, you know look at other markets that might not have been hit as bad as georgia was and um we went out to dallas first and um the market a whole lot out there so we so we went out there and kind of started doing the same thing um you know out there um and then in about 2009 uh the 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 founder of my company, his uh, he he owned a small little island on the Puget Sound in uh, Washington. So he realized that you know, hey, I'm going to be out here, spend a lot of time. Let's get a, let's get an office going out here. So we started out there, and we do a lot of the same work, a lot of bridge uh, work work as well. So yeah, it's just been kind of a good diversification of the business, um, you know, o- over the years. That's uh, you know helped us stay competitive and you know we're able to if one market kind of slows down we can you know switch guys around a little bit and you know just do do what we got to do to stay competitive so so what percentage of your work is institutional uh versus private it's about 95 to 98 percent you know government public government work. work um you know there's, wow. there's not yeah there's not not many private bridge owners unfortunately so <laughs> Well, you, uh, <laughs> you told me about one cool private project you did. I don't know if we can talk about it on the air, but <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We we did. Uh, I can talk about one project. I can't talk about the others, but okay. you know, one one project that we did was we did the Braves uh, uh, pedestrian bridge at the new stadium. Oh yeah, all right. Um, got a got a chance to do those. We were uh, kind of referred um, through you know through the grapevine with some of the GCs that were on the job and. Um, we sat down with those guys and hammered out a, uh, a negotiated uh, design build agreement, and uh, we did those uh, bridges, uh, you know, lead into the new Brave Stadium pedestrian bridges. So that was that was a real cool project. Now that is pretty cool. Um, and now, so you said ninety five percent is public work. Are you only constructing these projects, or do you guys do repairs and maintenance as well? I know there's we got a very aging infrastructure. I'm just curious yeah. about that. Oh yeah, yeah. Repairs and maintenance is is really the bulk of our business. Okay. I, we only do maybe, you know, two or three new new bridges a year, new builds. Um, most of our work is rehab and maintenance. Um, that's kind of our forte. That's really what we're known for. Um, we do a lot of bridge jacking. It's a tough work that not a whole lot of people, um, you know, delve into. So, 
Well, well that's, that's right. kind of like that's like our niche on the residential custom side. Well, yeah, we build new houses also, but but we 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 get our reputation from working in people's homes. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I think about when they're working on existing bridges and how you have to change oh my traffic flow. And I was all just that. thinking about oh, that. My word. Well, well, I mean, our, oh, our, yeah, our neighbors to the south. I mean, that bridge, you know, the bridge going over the Catawba seventy-seven. It was down to one lane on each side. They had to. They, had, they were doing some sort of. Well, I don't know if that was you or not, uh, uh, Jerry. But yeah, I mean, I can only not only that, but you got some pretty frustrated motorists coming through there. I mean, it's probably <laughs> difficult yeah, to work exactly. in these it's environments. Our biggest, it's our biggest headache and our biggest risk, um, you know, with, in safety risk. Sure. Um, with, that, with the traveling public, it's the one thing that, you know, we can do what we can do to control it and make it as safe as possible. But at the end of the day, you get people behind the wheel that, you know, they're just behind the wheel and not paying attention. So it's it's a... It's a big safety risk for us, but, you know, we do what we can to avoid it. And, you know, all I can say is, hey, you know, do you, do you travelers out there, please remember that those are, you know, guys with families behind those barrels. So mm. you might get upset and frustrated with them, but you know, please, please drive safe for your work zone. Yeah, they're just doing their job, right? Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And don't look at your phone uh, while you're driving. Uh, oh, man. It's crazy. Hey, Jared, so tell okay. me a little bit of, yeah, shed a little light on an ESOP, employee-owned Yeah, you had mentioned company. that your company so, was employee-owned. So we're, we're not an ESOP. Okay. Um, we're not an ESOP. We, we do have, you know, do have some, do have some shareholders. And, you know, basically, you know, um, our thought about it is, is if you got, um, you know, guys that have an opportunity for, you know, for some ownership in the company, they got a lot more skin in the game. Mm-hmm. And... It, it helps us with, uh, you know, employee retention. Um, it helps us with, you know, recruiting as well. Um, I mean, you know, guys like me, I mean, shoot, when I was, you know, right out of college, you know, I had an opportunity of, hey, you know, three to five years down the road, I can become a shareholder of this yep. company. And, uh, you know, eventually, you know, things fall the right way. I, you know, I can run the company one day. And, you know, it worked out for me. That's You know, that's kind of where I got to. And, you know, it's, that's the way Mark started the company it's the way i you know envision keeping it going you know down the road it's uh uh we just got a really good culture um with our company i mean we have very low turnover um and it's just uh you know we got it we got a family culture that you know we've 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 worked very hard over the years to kind of instill and it's you know been very successful for us does that sound familiar, Patrick? Very much, yeah. I mean, we 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 call ourselves the Roby family of companies, but we, I mean, not just we don't just call it that, uh, Jared. I mean, it's it's part of who we are. Is is it's a family business and and a, and a, and a group of a family members. Once you're once you're part of the team, you're part of the family. Which is, uh, you know, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head. Culture. I mean, how important is culture nowadays, especially with you know the shortage in labor that we're all facing. Oh yeah, it's it's a huge thing, and you know, and, and as you know, as business owners, you got to constantly be you know working with the times, and, and you got to make adjustments and work what's best, and you know, it's it's a changing world out there, and I know you guys you know deal with the same thing. It's uh, people. It's the hardest thing uh, in our business uh, to to deal with is not having enough people to do the to do the work that we need to do. So you got to try your best to keep those you know the people you have and try to grow you know. You know, from within your within your organization, and you know, add people when you can add them, and yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's a it's a it's a tough deal with this labor shortage and everything. So, well, Jared, I'm gonna put you on the spot. I want to know. I want you to give your 
company a plug. It's been so interesting learning about you, and I want to know what's uh, one one mantra that you live by, uh, business business in life, family in life, whatever, all in the same, in my opinion. But but uh, while you're thinking about that, I will say I, I love even our employees that have some equity ownership uh, and the ones that don't. My goal is to help these people if they commit and have faith for for a career to our business to help them build some family wealth uh, at all levels. And, and that's exciting. And that's what I just took from what you just said. So I think that's really cool. And then I think your culture will be what is what it is. So uh, give me your give me your yeah. mantra, Jared. Well, I, it's pretty simple, um, Trent. What I tell my guys is, hey, just do things the right way. Mm. Not always the easy way. Might not, you know, be the, uh, you know, the. It's difficult. And it's 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 hard to do the right thing all the time. But just just do the right thing, and things have a way of working themselves out. Um, you know, that's how we, you know, the mantra I, I instill in my guys, and just you know, do things the right way. And uh, things things have a way of working themselves out. So that's you know, pretty pretty simple. But that's you know something I try to instill in my guys, and it's been you know worked out for us. And uh, uh, you know we we try to be the best at what we do. You know we don't need to be the biggest or the or anything like that. But just you know we try to be the best at what we do and take a lot of pride in that. And so it's uh, it's been a good thing. That's awesome. How can people look you up, Jared? Well, we got a, a, a website, and it's uh, masonaconstruction.com. It's M-A-S-S-A-N-A, construction spelled out, dot com. And you can click on there and, um, you know, route it right to our HR. And, you know, Jenny does a great job with our HR, and she gets things and then filters them to me, and we go from there. So That's awesome, man. Wonderful. Well, Jared, it's been so fun learning about your your life and, and your business. Uh, Godspeed to y'all success, and we'll talk to you later, buddy. All right. We appreciate it, guys. It's great to be on the show with you. You're listening to At Home with Roby. We'll be back. Welcome back to At Home with Roby. I'm Patrick McIsaac from Roby Commercial Services, along with Trent Haston from the Roby family of companies. We are your hosts. You all right over there? We're your hosts with the most. The hosts with the most. What'd you think about Jared and Masana? Awesome. No, man, I think, a, I think being a, a bridge builder or repairer, I mean, I, it, it's like what you did when you were a kid. Like, if I want to get older, I'm going to build bridges. It's a niche. It I, is. I asked him, I told him when he, when he told me what he did and we met, I was like, man, I, I vividly remember when the pedestrian bridge at Charlotte Motor Speedway collapsed. You oh, remember that? No, uh-uh. That was like... 15, 20 years ago oh, could you after, after one of the races. It was a sure. ter- tragedy. Se- several folks died in, in mm. that. And uh, he said, yeah, it's scary when you're a bridge builder and that happens. I mean, obviously. Uh, and I'm always amazed. I'm not an engineer at how people can build these buildings and these how we build them. We, we follow plans, but design and know what's right to build a house on the side of the mountain. Oh, yeah. Uh, we do that. We've built some funky stuff up in the mountains and... and I mean, these buildings, skyscrapers, bridges. The pedestrian bridge at uh, the Braves Stadium, I think it's Truist Field. Um, I mean, think about how much weight is on that when, you know, you're kind of coming into the stadium. I mean, you probably have a 1,000 people on it. If I was a civil engineer, everything would be over-designed by, like, 
a hundred times. <laughs> right. I would be like, yeah, this is what we need to do. They're yeah. like, dude, what are you doing? That's four inch thick rebar. That's not yeah. even, it doesn't even exist. It does now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it would I'm just be, it. it would be very, very difficult. And then all the contractors wearing my contractor hat are like, why is this designer wasting our money? <laughs> yeah. Cause anybody, We're anybody spending for this. Can anybody fall through? Um, it was like when I did that, those, that project down in, uh, West Palm beach, uh, and and I had to go get the brackets, and they all had to be stainless steel for, to hold this thing up. They were so expensive. Oh, wow. But they had to be because you're on South Flagler Avenue. I mean, you're in the salty air. Well, that. I mean, it, it disintegrate. Not, I remember that project. I yeah. bet those brackets are really expensive now, I 10 years later. They're probably cheaper Good. than regulars. No, I'm, everything's expensive, but anything steel-related, you're right. But I didn't know the brackets were stainless steel in that house. Yeah. And I, I think I came, it, we the were bolts past. and the brackets and everything, Makes sense, everything I had to get that was metal to fasten that. We did a, did a big porch addition yeah. with some real cool wood beams on it. Um, yeah, they were all... It was outside. It was. It makes was sense. Still. Makes sense. I don't know. I remember running around chasing brackets. So there was a bracket shortage back then. In my mind, <laughs> you got you got to put your back against the wall, or you don't get things done. When you found out how much those brackets were, why is everything so hard? Like, why can't you not have to put your back back against your bracket against the wall and your back against the wall? Isn't that what builds character? It builds character. Build something. I'm. Did you hear? I'm. I, I think I said it. Whatever. I'm family vacation coming up. Excited. That's easy. You don't have to put your back up against the wall for that. I just came off of one. Uh, so but at good. my position in the business, I don't get to like leave everything at the at the border. No. Uh, and go down to the coast of South Carolina. I don't get to do that. Well, I don't think anybody really does. So. You know, that's that's. But that's part of the the construction game. I mean, it, it is a. Especially, it's a very sensitive thing with it when you're dealing with someone's their largest asset is their home, or also their largest asset could be a building or commercial structure to their building. So, I mean, it, we got to be available. That's part of our. I game. will go ride the golf cart every morning, get me a cup of Krispy Kreme coffee and a dozen of donuts. Do, just for you? No, 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 <laughs> for the family. <laughs> I don't even think my my kids love Krispy Kreme donuts. Who am I kidding? But but it's like a tradition, kind of my dad every dad. morning. Yeah. Or whatever. I always have a box. I don't, I don't do it every morning. We like to eat at uh, the Golden Egg. This, this, I know you go you go up in North Carolina when you go, uh, but down at Surfside is the Golden Egg, and it is the bomb. It, 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 I don't think you can have a place called the Golden Egg and it not be good. Well, the, the, it's the, the Golden, Golden Egg. They got the best, uh, oh gosh, what's the name of what I like to eat? Uh, it's the ham. It's the very salty ham. Uh, come on, country ham? No, no, no. Talking about eggs it's Benedict? got gravy on it. Come oh. on, what's the name? And they got good corned beef hash too. <laughs> you eat different breakfast. Mother covered in chunks. Yeah, he's like, I'll get the ribeye. Well, <laughs> I, I, I eat ribeye. We and sold eggs. one. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. Trent's here again. Well, <laughs> what a great show, Jared. Thanks for joining us. Uh, so interesting to learn new things about new businesses and entrepreneurs and leaders. Uh, we're so blessed. Have a wonderful day. Go out and do the golden rule. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to the At Home with Roby Show.